For two nights in succession, God gave me dreams to warn me so that I could warn you. Sexual temptations are enormously rampant at this point in time. The way the world thinks is, well, we can control childbirth so there is no problem. We can have as much sex as we want to with whomever we want. But one thing the world overlooks is, at the time of sexual intercourse, the two become one flesh. Paul warns the men in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 16, What, know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? Even if you have sex with a prostitute, you become one body. For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. This is a sin that is different from all other sins. It's a sin against your own body. So these are things to be taken very seriously. If you think you can step into that room and not be pulled almost to destruction and damnation, you're wrong. You must go in God's way of escape. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 says, There is no temptation except that which is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. You must take the way of escape. You must not go that way. Several scriptures in Proverbs warn men against this. And women. Today, women are also very susceptible. I have written these out on our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. That's the name of our blog. You can read these scriptures by going there. I'll cover a few of them for you right now. You are warned, keep thee from the evil woman. Now, you may not even see her as an evil woman, but if she is trying to lure you to herself, she is an evil woman. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 26. For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? But whosoever committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. 
We are told in 1 Corinthians 7 what to do to avoid fornication. Verse 2. To avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. And let every woman have her own husband. You must not go this way if you are born again. If you are born again and you go this way, there's no more sacrifice for your sins. It is not a matter of saying it's under the blood. You know not to do this. We read a very frightening instruction in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. This is very, very frightening to think of. Before we are born again, we sin. After we are born again, after we have received Jesus and are enlightened to the truth, to sin after we are born again is very serious. If you sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Paul said, but a fearful looking for of judgment and of fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses of how much sorer punishment. Suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despot unto the spirit of grace. That's Hebrews 10.29. You're making a mockery of the word of God and the spirit of grace if you turn to fornication and adultery after you are born again. You've already been forgiven your sins, but after you're born again, there's no more sacrifice for sin. To do so, you would have to crucify Jesus afresh. This is very serious. I don't think it's very often taught at churches. You may never have heard this before. I'm sharing with you that which I am led to share by the Spirit of God. It's not planned out ahead of time what I meant speaking to you. If we look at Second Peter chapter 2, we see some more instruction on this. Start at verse 20. For if they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Word, if they are entangled Again, therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known 
the way of righteousness, then after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Now look at Hebrews chapter 6. Start at verse 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. I can't imagine speaking anything more serious to you than this warning, which I am sure God has shown me to speak to you today. If you return after being born again, if you return to those sins that you once did, if you let yourself go back into those sins after you are enlightened to the truth of the sin and know it's a sin, there is no more repentance for you except to crucify Jesus a second time, which cannot be done. The only possible way that you might be saved if you return to that sin is for your flesh to be destroyed. We read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. A man was committing fornication. He was in the body of Christ. He was called a brother. He was at the church. He was committing fornication. Paul said in verse 4, In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together, and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus, to deliver such a one unto Satan, for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. There was a man at one of our church groups. He was our Bible teacher. I found out he had a girlfriend. Nobody knew he had a girlfriend. But I found out about this, and I went to him, and I said, tell me about this girlfriend. I've heard about your girlfriend. Do you have a girlfriend? He said, yes. He beat around the bush with me, and I finally said directly to him, are you having sexual intercourse with this woman? He said, yes, of course. I said, oh, you know the Bible as well as I do. I can't have any more company with you. I can't come to your Bible class. I can't have anything more to do with you. He said, that's right. I think by separating from such a brother or sister in Christ, by doing what Paul says to do in 1 Corinthians 5, I think when we refuse to keep company with them, we turn them over to Satan by, for the destruction of their flesh. 
hopefully that their spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. This is the only way that I can see from the Bible that such a person can be saved. To deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. In fact, this same man told me several years later that fornication was no longer a problem to him. I assume his flesh had been destroyed. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 11, But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such a one, know not to eat. He said, put them away from among yourselves. It's not a matter of praying for them or counseling them. Just walk away from them. Don't have any more to do with them. If you have the power to put them out of the congregation, put them out of the congregation. If you don't have the power to put them out of the congregation, certainly you would not keep company with such a one or ask him how he's doing or visit with him or make phone calls and chat with him. Show no approval whatsoever of a brother in Christ who does these things. Turn him over to Satan in as much as you possibly can do for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. For anyone who's undergoing any kind of temptation at all, call on God. Ask God to help you. He will. Ask God. If you're tempted to say something to somebody, to tell them all. Ask God to help you not to do that. If you're tempted to do something that you know is wrong. Ask God to keep you from doing that. I recommend also to each one, whatever temptation you're going through at the moment, for we go through many different kinds of temptations, whatever temptation you're going through at the moment, make copies of scripture that are called to your attention and meditate day and night on those scriptures to strengthen you to go in the way of God. Calling on God and keeping your mind set in the scriptures are the two most powerful ways I know of to deal with temptation. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.